Welcome to the Connect Extension podcast brought to you by the eExtension Foundation. eExtension is a membership-based nonprofit designed to be the engine fueling U.S. Cooperative Extension's advancement and making a more visible and measurable impact in support of education outreach from land-grant universities and colleges located in every state and territory. E-Extension is embedded in the U.S. Cooperative Extension System and serves on the Extension Committee on Organization and Policy. It provides an array of opportunities for extension professionals that foster innovation creation, the adoption of innovations at member institutions, and increased impact of extension programs. This work is supported by membership dollars and funding from USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture, grant number 2019 41595 30124. I'm Aaron Wybe, your host for today's podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking with an individual that is working in the area of prescribed fire out of Oregon State University. Her program, which is the Oregon State University Extension Fire Program, is one of eExtension's eight new technologies for ag extension projects for 2020 to 2021. So her team is receiving additional services from the eExtension Foundation to help propel and accelerate their project forward. This includes support in marketing, evaluation, professional development, publishing in the form of an e-field book, partnership development, working with our Catalyst team, which includes former extension directors to help provide some wisdom and insights from their experience in extension, digital engagement and leadership development and a number of other things. So today we have Carrie Berger with us from Oregon State University and we're going to be talking to her about what her team is doing, and why this is so important. Carrie, welcome. For the layperson, could you tell us what is prescribed fire? Well, it's just that, Aaron. It's a fire that is prescribed. It is a planned fire. A prescription is a set of conditions that considers the safety of the public and the fire staff the weather, the flammability of living and dead vegetation, which we also call fuels, and the probability of meeting the burn objectives. You'll also hear prescribed fire called a controlled burn or a prescribed burn. However you call it, prescribed fire is a tool that is used to meet natural resource or land management objectives. Can you briefly describe your project? Absolutely. For this NTAE prescribed fire project, uh, we'll be working to develop a prescribed fire education curriculum, both for in-person and online delivery, and we'll also develop a live fire training experience. This project is really important, Erin, because it gives land managers and landowners the opportunity to learn about putting good fire on the ground and how to do it safely. So the Western United States is experiencing more frequent and devastating wildfires. 
How might prescribed fire fit into a larger strategy to create fire adapted communities? Well, Erin, that's spot on. Oregon's 2020 wildfire season was just that, devastating. The Labor Day fires wrecked havoc on over a million acres of land, creating uh, not only ecological consequences, but extreme economic and social consequences as well. So prescribed fire is one tool in our toolbox that we can use to help keep our landscapes in check. Many ecosystems in Oregon and across the country for that matter, are what we call fire adapted. They need fire to function properly. So when fire is taken out of the system or not used, there's negative consequences to that. Some forest, for example, that might have had fewer trees on the landscape because historically these fire adapted forests burn frequently, now have too many trees, which causes forest health issues and can make them more susceptible to intense and severe fire due to all the fuels that are available to burn. Trees are fuel and other vegetation such as brush and grass can help carry the fire through these systems. So speaking of fuels, our homes are also fuel, Aaron. Wildfires do not stop at property boundaries. Pre-fire risk reduction, so utilizing all the tools in our toolbox, like prescribed fire, can help communities adapt to wildfire. Fire adaptation means communities take mitigation actions so they can live with wildfire without excessive harm and without extensive wildfire suppression efforts. And studies have shown that when wildfire hits or, or comes to a burned area, that the fire calms down in a sense because there's not a lot of fuel available for the fire to burn. Utilizing prescribed fire can really help contribute to healthy landscapes and communities. Absolutely. Could you talk a little bit about the challenges for prescribed burn practitioners, for example, insurance, liability, credentialing, or even smoke? Yep, there are many challenges for sure. And these challenges are different in every state based on that state's rules and regulations. But for Oregon, you're right, liability, insurance, and smoke are all challenges not barriers, but challenges. So the liability law in Oregon, which is a simple negligence liability standard, states that the landowner slash burner must practice, quote, reasonable care during a prescribed burn. If the landowner burner, um, let's say, omitted something that a reasonable per person in a similar circumstance would do or not do, that person could be held liable under the simple standard. Note that Oregon law considers the landowner and the operator, such as the burner in our case here, as one entity. So if an investigation reveals that the operator did not follow the rules, the landowner may be billed for all of the costs to put out that fire. Again, every state is different, Erin, and some states follow a 
gross negligence liability standard. Under gross liability, a burner would be held liable for any property damage caused by an escaped prescribed fire. If the burner had a conscious and voluntary reckless disregard for the need to use reasonable care. So in states where gross negligence applies, they typically have certification requirements that a burner must meet in order to receive that gross negligence standard. And so we have a team spearheading policy change of our liability laws in Oregon to change the standard from simple to gross negligence. And so while the NTAE project on prescribed fire will not be offered for certification, we are setting up the curriculum to do so in the future. So now for smoke, prescribed fires are regulated by states and are always subject to strict air quality standards. In Oregon, we have the Oregon Smoke Management Plan that landowners and managers of forested lands have to adhere to in order to conduct their burn. And they're working with the Oregon Department of Forestry staff to ensure that compliance. Those seeking to burn must work with air quality regulators regionally or through the Department of Environmental Quality to burn non-forested lands. The use of prescribed fire must be planned carefully to keep uh, the smoke produced at acceptable levels. Um, managers work to avoid the impacts from smoke by burning under weather conditions that minimize intrusions into populated areas. So I'd say that following the plan isn't the challenge as much as getting the right weather conditions in which to conduct the burn. Prescribed fire is a long-standing practice, and it's gaining renewed attention as an important land management tool. So what kinds of messages might help the general public understand what it is and why it can be a valuable strategy? Aaron, we need the message that while we have a fire problem, fire itself is not the problem. By rekindling the relationship between people and fire, Getting fire back into people's hands and hearts, we can renew the respect for and connection to the element that has long kept landscapes and people across Oregon healthy and resilient. Our best chance at healing that relationship is through prescribed fire. And to that point, your project involves working with both public agencies and private landowners. What strategies can be used to build the relationships and trust required to make prescribed fire a successful strategy? Well, we are hoping that the prescribed fire curriculum and training we are working on for our NTAE project will do exactly that. Help to build relationships and trust with our agency partners and landowners to make prescribed fire a successful management strategy. We plan to provide science-based education and hands-on experience with fire through a live fire training so that people can understand and not fear fire. We will demonstrate the use of good fire and the benefits it has to the overall system. We will demonstrate that by creating a plan and having a prescription, fire is a safe and effective management tool. That's how you'll build relationships and trust. 
science-based education and training with an emphasis on safety. So you mentioned the training. What elements might your training curriculum include? Well, so the curriculum contains 15 chapters and can be delivered in full in about 24 hours of seated time, but can also be drilled down and modified to fit each organization or landowner needs. So say, um, Aaron, that I'm doing a training for the Natural Resources Conservation Service or NRCS, they're required for their fire awareness training to have a certain amount of training time. We can modify the delivery of the curriculum to provide for that need. Similarly, a local partnership just might want to scratch the surface and bring awareness to its landowners. The curriculum offers flexibility in its delivery, including an online virtual opportunity for the education part. Some example chapters from the curriculum include things like reasons for prescribed burning, law and liability, fire behavior, ignition methods, planning, managing, and monitoring the burn, and of course, smoke management. Then once folks get the, that base knowledge through the education, we provide a live fire training opportunity where participants actually get out on a live fire. They'll have an opportunity during the live training to review the burn plan, examine the fire weather, hold a drip torch and more. So there's only so much you can learn from a presentation. So getting out on a live fire really helps to dial in the concepts. Your training curriculum will be piloted in Oregon. Do you have any hopes of adapting and scaling your work up? Well, I've started to develop a community of practice around prescribed fire with my national extension colleagues. The Association of Natural Resource Extension Professionals, or ANREP, has um, a national extension wildland fire initiative and is a good example of this community. Of course, the good folks on the Connect Extension platform are also part of this developing community of practice. So Erin, I talk about the community of practice because we are all learning from each other. I've hosted a virtual chat on the Connect Extension platform where I learned about other land grant institutions offering prescribed fire education and training. So I've taken their great information and lessons learned and applied it to the work we are doing with our NTAE prescribed fire project. I can only hope that through this community of practice that others will take from our work. So yes, I'm very hopeful that this work will be adapted and scaled up. Aside from this podcast episode, where can people learn more about your project? Um, People can learn about the project on the Connect Extension platform and then coming soon on the Oregon State University's Extension Fire Program webpage. Very good. It's early on in your project, but what are your takeaways thus far? Well, I have a couple. There's a lot of great work happening across the country on prescribed fire education and training, and momentum, I think, has never been greater for prescribed fire use on the landscape. The conversations we've had with our partners in Oregon and our extension colleagues across the nation are all very positive. So one takeaway would be on the momentum and the excitement for the use of prescribed fire. 
Another takeaway is to not consider challenges as barriers. Think of challenges as opportunities to come together with partners and to also not let challenges stall your progress. We still don't have liability or insurance challenges worked out here in Oregon, but we know it's important to get education out on prescribed fire. The more folks know and understand, the better we position ourselves to take on those challenges. Thank you so much, Carrie. I appreciate you joining us today and sharing more information about the Oregon State University Extension Fire Program. We have really enjoyed working with your project as a new technologies for Ag Extension project with the E-Extension Foundation, and I'm just really excited to see where it goes from here. For our listeners, if you are interested or if you have a project or program that is in that early stage but it has high potential, keep an eye out for our nomination for our year three projects and that nomination will open in the spring of 2021 and the best place to stay up to date with that is going to be on connect extension at connect.extension.org and we will also post that information on our website which is extension.org thank you all so much for joining us today i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful rest of your week